0: Nick, I mean, Nick, like, Nick, are you, do you eat a, do you eat a hot dog like a regular person, or do you put ketchup on it?
1: Uh, no, I eat it like everybody else does, just whole.
0: Exactly, glug it, it, yeah, glug it really down only, like a seagull. There's only one. There's only <laughs> there's only one way to eat a hot dog.
1: Yeah, with my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: not gonna say that.
2: Oh, wasn't that one? Wasn't that where the other eight tacos were supposed to be? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm sorry I, I, I can't stop laughing no like i said it's uh, only one way to, to eat a hot dog and that's raw dog
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what, what, what you, you were transition. gonna say
0: <laughs> <laughs> you said with my ass it's way worse than mine <laughs>
1: to the show
2: (laughs) welcome to the show welcome
1: (laughs) welcome to the cheesy gordita bunch the official show of the taco bell cult facebook group (laughs) i'm your host nick ortiz and with me as always my co-host dj dill himself devin hanley and of course the crispy chicken chicken tender in this crispy chicken sandwich taco boom Jordan Craven's friend. <laughs> What's up, just dog? Lay,
2: just laying in his little bed of Chipotle dreams. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Moisturizing and tenderizing the chicken.
1: Mm, mm, mm. <clears throat> now, on today's show, we are going to be talking. This is actually our first um, episode of our creepy Gordita Bunch.
2: Ooh. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited. Happy, uh, happy fall. Happy, you guys.
1: Happy fall. Happy fall.
2: I'm sorry. I have
0: tears in my eyes. <laughs> I guess I'm <laughs> laughing about you talking about this fucking hot about dog. the hot dog boofing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy fall. Yes. It's October.
1: Yep. We are gonna talk <clears> about <throat> some spooky, scary stuff. And uh, before we do that, I think we should we should talk about because last week we did report that um Big Bell would be releasing the Crispy um, Chicken Wings. And as of recent reports, that's been canceled. Poor shit. Yeah, that, that has been canceled. That hasn't been canceled by the Facebook mob.
0: <laughs> Tell yeah. us what ha- Nick, what happened? Tell <laughs> us what happened, bro.
1: I don't know. Cancel Culture got it again. I guess they dug up, bitch! dug up some old tweets from uh, the Chicken Wings. <laughs> <laughs> said some really fucked up shit about white people.
2: <laughs> the, chicken wings, uh, the Chicken Wings made some really... Some really sleazy passes at some, yeah. <laughs> uh, at some actresses.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they, they canceled the chicken wings. Um, it's oh, when, whenever we reported on this on our Facebook, some people would come out of the woodwork saying that they're really disappointed that that you know Big Bell would bend to those to the haters. Um, but other people are saying that they're they're doing this because they want to focus on the crispy chicken sandwiches, and they want to uh, run out of the supply because they want to focus on one item at a time ain't buying it ain't mm. buying it
0: no <clears throat> and i yes, and yeah. Devin, i know you said earlier that this is so outside the the wheelhouse of of yeah actually that's perfect the wheelhouse of of uh taco bell it's so beyond their 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 normal uh you know i guess production you know or or culture whatever but the point is it doesn't you don't you don't feel like it fits and i get it but <coughs> i don't know man i feel like if they can do nacho fries, they can fucking do anything. That's how I feel. I yeah. mean, be, I mean to make it. T- if that's like a, if that falls under the category for you, then you know, then all the only thing they did was like put, you know, some seasoning on it. You know, yeah. some Taco Bell seasoning. But I think that well, if they can season up those wings, we got another Taco Bell item on the menu here. A new, a new Taco it, Bell specialty. It's really interesting that they would, that
2: they would actually come out and say that they are just they've their intention is to literally just run each item menu into the ground as far as selling them out completely. Like they will not stop until every chicken nugget has been put between two little flatbreads with Chipotle <laughs> and 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 bought in packs of twenty five uh, by, by no, Bell Nation. I, I, I wait, don't so know you,
0: wait, are you saying that it's sad that they're, like, I, letting the supplies run out. What you, I don't, I don't, I don't I,
2: I'm you. echoing Nick, and I'm saying, saying nice try, Val Nation. I, I think that these items, what, what their whole philosophy is stating is that they can be lazy and that they can churn out things like this item that we just tried. But which this, I think is a,
0: is, this is a great item. This is a really good item, though. Did you like it, Devin, overall? Did, yeah, t- genuinely. Listen. I'm never that's never a good sign I'm never not gonna
2: like like I'm always gonna eat chicken a little a little taco a little flatbread whatever you want to call it but would you glug 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 in in Chipotle (laughs) I would not glug glug no not glug glug (laughs) they are not glug glug Um, I I do agree with
1: him on that I I I, gotta say I do agree with him on that
2: I just think that there are so many things that Taco Bell has done that have made me go like wow that's like a really unique awesome taco this, Bell item this is where one of them. where this didn't really feel like a taco bell item I feel like you could have gotten this at, I feel like I have gotten this at uh, at a number of different chicken I don't, I don't know what
1: this I don't know what this this isn't a taco bell item stuff is coming from <laughs> like that is that is such a nebulous term because there are so many things that you wouldn't expect to be taco bell items that are Taco Bell items. That's facts. Like like the, the cinnamon twists. I wouldn't expect that to be a Taco Bell item, or the um, any of the potato items. You know that come in bowls. Why why are they serving that at Taco Bell? Because they I, have I seasoning. Just, they they have
2: tacos. They well, have guess taco what? Seasoning. They have seasoning
1: on those wings.
2: They have cheese. Uh, yeah. We're not or not uh, the wings. Who knows? Once again, the the wings are are they're they're but out these, of the ether now. Nobody these, will ever be able to to sit down and analyze that flavor
1: yet. Maybe but, in the future. But these are also, these are literally coated in tortillas, like uh, um, uh, the, the tortilla sh- uh, chip shells. You know, it's it's covered in it. It's marinated uh, overnight in jalapenos and, like, cream. You know what I mean? Like, it has all the right seasonings. It's literally, literally wrapped in a tortilla with chipotle sauce on it. I just don't understand how it's not a Taco Bell item when it's, is really it, is made it up the of Tinder? So many things.
2: Is it the tender for you? Is it the tender? The, t- the tender part is a big part of it. I mean, it's just if it they took entire, that same little The, like, entire, the entire ensemble, ensemble is is just not indicative of Taco Bell's style. I don't think that this item really sums up what we talk about on this show and who they are. As That's a company. so crazy because I think it is the pinnacle. <laughs> yeah, I I you know what
1: yeah. I mean? I'm a, I'm I, because think, I'm I think, think I think this is this is thinking outside of the bun. This is while still this, maintaining identity. Exactly. You know what I mean? This yeah. is, you know, that live moss mentality like in, in, in our hands because that is something you wouldn't expect Taco Bell to do, but they've done it and they pulled it off so well.
0: Innovative once again. Well, Bell Nation, I tell you what, chime in. Yeah, be in, a part of the conversation. Yeah, be a part of the conversation. Let us know. How do you feel? What do you think? Say something. Share a little more. Give us a this, try. Does this fit? Yeah, if they have some still in, in, in at the at the one near you, get twenty five. Whatever. It <laughs> might it might take <laughs> you it might take you a while to chew them and swallow them, but give it a try anyway. I um, <clears throat> I love these, but uh, but Bell nation get involved and uh, get involved in the comments. Yeah, get involved
1: and in follow us on our social media. Um, you know, look up cheesy gordita bunch. We are on Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Instagram yep. uh, look at all our was it uh, all my links link yeah in our bio let's and go you, you'll find this everywhere let us know what you think be a part of the conversation uh, and I do want to actually just say um,
0: leave us a review leave us a review and you follow us on leave Patreon us
1: <laughs> leave us a review and follow us on Patreon for more exclusive content um, I know Jordy and I got a show on there called Craven's Box where we talk let's about go. some of the best Taco Bell um um, I guess news, you know, that we probably wouldn't cover on here. So yeah, um, check it out
0: and um, yeah. It's yeah, news and hot topics and um, unique things like individual stuff. There's um, maybe some special interviews and things like that. I mean, we're gonna have uh, some just bonus content on there and also exclusive stuff. Yep. Um, stuff that you can only get uh, as as a Patreon member. So, um, and uh, we're gonna I, hopefully we can put together some some badass music soon yep and uh, get get some tunes going um, a lot for for that uh, for that special so um, yeah cool now,
1: now I do want to acknowledge the source for today's episode um, and the source is bad Henry it's a bad Henry documentary it's on discovery plus originally it was on um, discovery ID and then uh, I did use an article from stephanie girl dot stephaniegirl.wordpress.com called the Taco Bell Strangler 27 years later. And I use an article on thoughtco.com called Serial Killer Henry Lewis Wallace. Um, Yeah, so those would be the the, the sources for today. And I do want to give a content warning just up front. Um, We are going to be talking about some heavy shit um,
0: that's going to involve, you know. um, Maybe some triggering things. If you know some some yeah some, like some, some murder stuff yeah
1: rape violence against women violence against children so so content warning up top.
2: Where will you be when the final bell tolls? You've just finished your millionth chalupa. You are old, tired, depleted, and ready to lie down for that eternal siesta. Wouldn't you want to take one last opportunity to feel like a kid again? Introducing the eternal siesta value crunch box meal from Taco Bell, the final kid's meal for millennials exiting the physical world. Are you a believer in the afterlife? All right! Well, make sure to check it out in one of Taco Bell's patented adult-sized coffins, included in every order. No way! Taco Bell coffins are made specifically for the millennial generation using only the finest Chinese plastics. Taco Bell coffins glow in the dark and come in five different colors. Collect all five. Remind your grieving family and friends that even at your wake or funeral, it's okay to think outside the bun. All eternal siesta meal boxes are covered by AARP so you can eat great, even late.
1: But let's just jump right on in. Bell Nation, we're going to be talking about Charlotte, North Carolina's most prolific and often believed to be the first African American serial killer, Henry Louis Wallace, a.k.a. the Taco Bell Strangler. He's the first. A.k.a. Wow. the Charlotte
0: Strangler. Wow. I did not know that. Because, you know, that's, usually a white people game. that's some white people shit. That's yeah, some white yeah, people shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is, you know. I mean, I'm and I'm, a lot of you, some of you may not know, 55% white. That's me Like um, Barack My homie Also, <laughs> also left handed That's my guy
1: Now he's known as The Taco Bell Strangler Because more than half Of his victims Were Taco Bell employees And he was also The manager of a Taco Bell On North Sharon Amity In Charlotte And I looked up That, that, that Taco Bell And it has some Really bad reviews
0: Oh so a uh, shocker <laughs>
1: Yeah yeah It's some
0: really the, Fucking the, terrible The manager
2: work. The manager is such a jerk
1: he just like he keeps following us in
2: the parking lot and jumping into girls cars and he's just a jerk
1: no now uh harry uh henry lewis wallace was active as a serial killer between 1990 and 1994 on east charlotte before we dive in we should talk about the term less than dead and what less than dead means now, the term less than dead refers to people whose deaths go largely, largely uninvestigated because of their class, their race, or their sexuality. Statistically speaking, attacks on upper class white, uh, white victims tend to be solved sooner or have more resources put into them to, you know, again, so those crimes can be solved. A good example is uh, lately, was it, was her name Gabby Petito? Uh, the woman who went yeah. missing in, in Wyoming?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and her boyfriend Mm -hmm. thing.
1: Yeah, Um, a bunch of resources poured into there. But then you look at Wyoming and there are hundreds of indigenous women, you know, that have gone missing and nil resources have been have been put, you know, into in solving them. And we're not saying that, you know, they don't deserve um, that. Gabby Petito doesn't deserve to be investigated and put resource. Yeah, to the highest extent. We Mm -hmm. just think it. All of it should happen. You know what I mean? Like all, totally. of the, all of the indigenous women, all of the black women who have gone missing, they should all be treated equally. And that's kind of where, you know, that, that um, systemic racism that's kind of ingrained in America just kind of really shows itself. Once again.
2: Well, I mean, I think it's pretty amazing that, you know, we've been doing this show for over a year now. And only in the past couple of weeks have we been really like doing research and finding out about this guy. I feel like for the longest time, it kind of went like under the radar. Like, you know, you, in the kind of modern era where there's so much true crime stuff, you know, there's just a date, there's like a 2020 or a dateline made up about uh, so many different cases. It's really weird and kind of to your point that you were just making, Nick, that this one really, really went below the radar, especially when you say that was the most prolific killer in Charlotte, North Carolina. I mean, that's a big city.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, it's, like, number 15, like, on the largest cities in America. Yeah, Charlotte's a like,
0: decent size for sure.
1: Yeah, and it's only growing. Now, Thanks. let's talk about um, the Taco Bell Strangler. Now, born in Barnwell, South Carolina, on November 4th, 1965, Henry Lewis Wallace was the son of a teacher and a textile worker named Lottie Mae Wallace. His father left, him, uh, left his mother as soon as he found out she was pregnant. And... Absent of a father figure, Wallace was really only raised with his older sister, his mother and his great grandmother. Mm. Their home was pretty run down. It had no electricity, no uh, like plumbing, no running water, anything like that. And Lottie was known to be really harsh disciplinarian on uh, on Henry, really critiquing him on on even like the smallest of mistakes. So no. that's
2: that right there, those are both huge signifiers of serial killers right off the bat, right? Like a uh, no father figure and like the really controlling, overbearing mother. Yeah. I feel like our very textbook, uh, you know, it's so interesting when you talk about these sort of examples because a lot of the time or most of the time, it really is just rooted so deeply in, in the childhood in those early years.
1: So. Oh, for sure, for sure. And like they were so poor, even though she worked so much that he would, whenever he would grow out of his clothes, they would literally have to get hand-me-downs from his sister, so he would be wearing his sister's clothes. Oh, toughy. Yeah, which is also another another indicator, um, or in the what is it? The, what do they call it? The serial killer soup that like really nurtures that type of that type of violence. Now, when Lottie was super tired from working at the textile mill, uh, and she wanted to discipline her kids, she would have Henry and his sister go pick out their switches and have them whip each other. That's my Damn. childhood.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was I, gonna I, say that's, that's like my through, childhood. I've been through that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Diggy like, yeah. Go get a switch. That's that was normal, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, I man, mean, one, dude, one was time was cousin... like, Was that supposed to be like the kind part of that gesture? <laughs> like, you're gonna get you're gonna get switched, but pick it out. You get to choose. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: you guys no, it's really like, do, you like no.
2: The, do you like the little red one or
0: the blue one? Go it's get like, it for your brother. It's a little bit of a mind game. <laughs> it's a little bit of a mind game for sure. But uh, I remember one time my cousin, uh, man, I, I, I miss my cousin, but he was like nine and he had done some dumb shit at school, got in trouble, and he, and his mom like went and got a switch and was like... And you
1: were like, no, no, let me get you a better one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. And like he didn't know that she had it. And then she... Uh, she, like, told him to get in the shower. Like, go go take a bath. <gasps> and just whooped his fucking ass. Oh. He was naked. She just whooped his oh, ass. God. That a, that's a tough one. That is a tough yeah. one. Oh, but man. that's,
1: if you grew up, you know, uh, in, in a uh, black or brown family, that's everyday life. Like, I remember, like, my grandpa yeah. being like, all right, here it is. And then he'd be like, turn around. And I just remember getting, like, hit with a switch. Yeah. But despite uh, Henry's volatile home life, Henry was pretty popular in high school. He was even elected to the student council and became a cheerleader after his mother wouldn't let him join the football team. Once Henry graduated high school, he became a DJ. And that was pretty short lived because he was eventually fired for stealing a bunch of CDs. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then
1: from there uh, in 1985, he got married, joined the Navy and became a crack addict.
0: (laughs) Ah, the navy. Hey, hey. <laughs> 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 hey, exactly. you know, right into the groove of the eighties. You know, it's all good. Whatever. Where, sure. where can you get crack on a battleship? <laughs> <laughs> I guess,
2: I guess people a submarine. Bring they're
0: like they're cooking it and uh, fucking. I mean, uh,
2: that that's just like such a weird thing to hear. Just like it's just like something you don't hear very often. Like yeah, like. Oh yeah, my my nephew's in Afghanistan. Yep, got hooked on mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Just like, man, get, getting getting hooked on crack in the Navy. Tough, tough. Yeah. After, and especially after getting busted for stealing CDs in 2021. Like, I mean, just like looking back, if you were sitting in jail somewhere because you stole CDs in 2021, just like, yeah, yikes. yikes.
1: <laughs> no, if you get busted for stealing CDs in 2021, you deserve to be in jail. Okay. Now, while stationed in Washington, Henry was obviously kind of a bad apple. You know, he started burglarizing homes and businesses in the Seattle metro area to really fund his crack cocaine addiction. And in 1988, Wallace was arrested for breaking into a hardware store. And that following, Jude. Pled guilty to second-degree burglary, sentenced to two years probation. Got out of the navy, and according to his PO, pretty much blew off every single mandatory meeting. Wow! So this man was a true winner.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like a chaotic a chaotic couple of years for sounds sure. Sounds like a
1: crack addict.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Did it say what he was stealing from the hardware store?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I mean. Copper, probably. I don't know. I don't. Uh, what are crack addict crimes?
2: Some, some nails, Probably a radio. Maybe. I don't. Yeah, still a radio. stealing
1: radios, uh. catalytic converters. <laughs> um, you know, no offense to all those crack addicts I listen, but we know your <laughs> crimes. Now, even though we he was a your even though he was a burglar, most of the people in um, Henry's community really thought he was harmless. You know, they thought he was harmless, loving, compassionate, an open person, and. This would continue to go on because he would often consult his victims' families and attend these people's funerals.
0: Oh my god, Ooh. that's awful. Yeah, it would later Holy turn shit. out
1: that he, he knew ten out of the eleven victims that he had that he had killed. You know, most of them trusted him. Sheesh. Yeah. Now, damn. In early
0: 1990,
1: Henry murdered high school senior Tashanda Bathea in his hometown of Barnwell. That now this is going to be the only time. That he murders outside of east charlotte henry was really attracted to to shonda um you know the people of barnwell would even say that they went on a few dates but the feelings weren't really mutual he was a fucking crack addict you know what i mean like what lady is into someone who's like a hardcore crack addict and um you know this really bothered him because he can tell that she just wasn't that into him and unfortunately on march 8th 1990 to went for a car ride with Henry to a wooded area on the other side of town when he demanded sex. When she refused, he pulled out a gun, sexually assaulted her, and after violating Tashanda, he was afraid that she would, you know, go out obviously report the crime, so like the coward he was, he executed her. That's awful. Yeah, her body was Jesus. Her body was badly decomposed when discovered in the pond by two fishermen a month later. Henry was obviously suspect number 1. They even questioned him about her death, but due to lack of evidence, he uh, he did get off. Jesus. Yeah, the dude's That's- fucked up. And and during this time, not only was he questioned for this murder, he was also questioned um, because he tried he attempted to rape a sixteen year old. So they were like, okay, this guy is fucking bad news. We need to you know investigate this shit, but due you know to lack of evidence. It eventually went cold he went off and that's when he went to, to east charlotte so
2: it just was like a gradual crescendo it seems like it was just like a bunch of bad shit happening to this guy that eventually just he he fucking f- fell into all of it and just became the worst possible version of himself
1: oh yeah fucking horrible and, and and this is this is the beginning of that escalation you know what i mean like he first started off stealing cds then he uh, became a crack addict and started stealing from businesses and homes. and then now he a lot of the a lot of the um, the reasons why he put these women in these situations was attempted robberies at first. right and then right right then and there that's when he would demand sex and then from there he would just murder them. Well,
2: yeah. what's so scary, I think in cases like this because this happens I feel like all the time too, is that somebody like this motherfucker, Got a taste of what murder was and got away with it. The fact that he got away with it for a month and then when they found the body, they still weren't able to piece it together. I mean, I think that kind of shit really emboldens people like that and lets them know that they can that they can do it and they can give themselves to those really, really powerful fucked up urges.
1: For sure, for sure. And in November of 1991, Henry relocated to Charlotte, North Carolina, East Charlotte specifically, and that's when he began to work at Taco Bell. Um, and this is where pretty much all of the murders from here happen in East Charlotte. Uh,
2: you're a, an ex-marine. Uh, you've been uh, You've been charged informally with murder. Uh, you're addicted to crack. Um, yeah, I think this is the perfect. I think this is the perfect.
1: <laughs> um, can you start tomorrow? <laughs> No, that's, that's exactly it. Uh, that's, that's exactly how they uh, interview people at Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> now, in May of 1992, Sharon Nance, a sex worker, was picked up by Henry. Now, this is the only woman that Henry Wallace did not know. Now, he picked her up because he wanted you know, to use her for her services, which isn't a bad thing. You know, we support sex workers here. Um, Henry refused to pay her. And she fucking started fighting him right then and there on the spot, like on site, some on site type shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As soon as yeah. he said that I'm not paying you, they instantly started throwing hands. Unfortunately, Henry did beat her to death. He did end up overwhelming <laughs> her. And uh, even the detective who, who did know her, um, Detective McFadden, who does become a humongous part of this conversation, um, said it was hard seeing her you know, because he knew that she was a tough woman and that she didn't like put up with any shit. So to see her that she was like beat so badly was very, very difficult for her. Uh, because Henry did, you know, just drop her body off at the train tracks and she was discovered by two, uh, two workers cleaning the area. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it, it this was when, um, Henry Wallace really started I don't want to say getting in his groove because I feel like that's the the wrong thing to say. Yeah. That sounds weird, but I know, I know what you mean. Getting into his groove. He was like
0: picking up momentum.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Now one thing I will say is with these families, they wasted 0.0 time reporting these women missing. Sharon, Sharon Nance, um, told her aunt that she was going out with her friends and when she didn't show up home, she instantly filed a police report like less than 24 hours. Now, um, I, I feel like my parents would would definitely be like, "Hey, I haven't heard from Nick in twenty four hours. We are filing a police report."
0: Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> my parents. You yeah. really? You guys <laughs> no, aren't not, that confident? Uh no, no. They'd be like, "Was that something I heard from Jordan?" Well, um, I talked to him like uh, two weeks ago. Boy, boy, body beat <laughs> <The> bottom <laughs> of the ocean all the way. F- I could have died in Minnesota. <laughs> I they find my shit in the Gulf.
1: <laughs> Devin, you coming, don't, think, you don't down think your parents to would report you? <laughs> I
2: mean, I think it depends on the circle. I think if I like, if I had been expected to be somewhere and then just didn't show up or weren't where I was supposed to be, then that would be suspicious and maybe in 24 hours. But I definitely just in a general way, like I mean, I, I feel like if I just like disappeared, stopped returning people's texts or whatever, uh, if I just fell off of the face of the earth for 24 hours, I don't think I, I don't think necessarily.
0: Somebody would call the cops Oof No yeah It would take a while I mean Really It, it, I it, like, it helps I feel it, like my it, dad would
1: be like he, First off If I didn't answer the second call He would call Nora And then y'all would be lucky That he doesn't have Your guys' phone number Because he'd be calling y'all too I don't know I feel like my dad I don't know I, I, I feel like he for sure Would report me in 24 hours If I was missing
0: You know that's true though Um, I mean, I mean Well it's probably true Because uh, but, but you also like You know I know it's like I know it's like. Let's just face it. Yeah, well, let's just face a, it. Jordan. You had another brother. We're alone in the world. You know, <laughs> we're alone in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you had another brother. You know, um, yeah, and, true. And he like knows what that's like. You know, to like lose a son.
1: Yeah. Okay. very, so,
0: very true. You know. And so my, my, you know, my. I mean, it helped for me in what? my case. I think it, 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 like the reason that nobody would ever figure out or it would take a while is because like. I don't say shit to nobody. What like, about I, work? I just yeah. be on my own. What
1: about work? Because uh, one of the things as well, because it wasn't just her; their families that were that was reporting them missing. It was also their managers. They would they mm. would miss a shift for work, and their manager was uh, their managers would instantly call up one of their family members and say, "Hey, this person didn't show up." What do, what do you guys think? You,
0: if 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 I, I miss yeah. if I miss a shift, I've I have called in since I started. I'm 28. I since I started working when now? I was. 28 now. Just happened. Uh, I started working when I was 17. I've called in twice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, for sure, your work... W-
0: yeah, people would, like... Somebody at work would figure out way faster than my family.
1: <laughs> I, what about, what I about, about you, Devin?
0: I,
2: the same thing. I didn't really consider... When we first started talking about this, I thought that we were talking about... We were about just talking family. about families at first. So, if that was the case, then, yeah, definitely. Work would probably be the first... To notice that I am not where I am supposed to be. I would be, I would be, I would be counting on work to, to, to save my ass. If this were to go down. Oh, cool. you're fucked. No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) In some of these cases, again, they were reported by the managers and so many women started disappearing in Charlotte that they had to start a task force specifically to investigate the disappearances. The the beginning 90s, the early 90s, was a really, really rough time for people in Charlotte. And not even a month later, after uh, Sharon Nance had been killed in June of 1992, he would find his next victim in Caroline Love. Caroline was walking home from her job at Bojangles when her cousin saw her and gave her a ride home. Now, he says that he watched her go into her apartment, like physically watched her, like, cool, she's safe. Little did he know, Henry was waiting in her apartment.
0: Uh oh! Yeah, that is a fucked up and terrifying. Yes, and how did she, he get in?
1: Uh, honestly, I have no idea. They I they mean, really didn't go into detail. He's a that.
0: burglar, like. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, all right, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, if you can
2: break into a hardware store, you can break into somebody's home.
1: And and that is a cheesy gordita bunch. Promise. <laughs> now, when she came in. He instantly attacked her. Uh, He sexually assaulted her and then strangled her to death. He then put her body inside of an orange trash bag and staged the scene as if she just picked up and left. He dumps her body and, like any normal person does, goes to the police with her sister to report a missing person. This man literally went with her sister to file a police report Saying that she was missing when Henry fucking did it. Uh. Yeah, you, this takes a special type of psycho to do that. You know what I mean? first off, it takes a special type of psycho to kill somebody, but then to say go like go with a family member to file a police report, cheese and rice. You gotta you gotta be super yeah. fucked up.
2: You got to have a huge ego, too. Like, just the fact, like, I feel like that's the big thing for a lot of these killers is just, like, the thrill of, like, knowing that they're just on the verge of getting caught. You know, like, so many of those signifiers with this guy of just, like, somebody who's, like, almost doing it for, like, for fun. Just for fun.
1: Oh, yeah. This dude's a complete fucking psycho.
2: They were able to trace him back. They were able to trace the, the girl that he put in the bag back to him. You know how, how, though? How? Because there was uh, two fire sauce packets in there, too. (laughs) Who's doing editing this week?
0: (laughs) 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 Uh, That one's probably not going to stay. No, 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 (laughs) no, that is. is, We'll cut that out. Yeah, thanks, (laughs) Devin.
1: Now, he did end up returning to the body and removing it from the trash bag, worrying that people would see it uh, because it is a bright orange bag. But he did just, like, basically throw her body in a shallow ravine, and that case also went cold. So if you're counting at home, it's three murders, three cold cases.
2: And three black women,
1: correct? Yep, three black women. Three black black working-class women um, were murdered at this time. And every single case, though he knew every single one of them except Sharon Nance, goes cold. One thing I've noticed in the documentary uh, *Bad Henry* is they keep saying he was an organized killer, you know, mm. implying he was some fucking genius. But then the same hand they keep making sure you know that he's a crack at it. <laughs> this just tells you that he's not a genius. The police are just fucking stupid. You know what I mean? Because in hindsight, even in the documentary, one of the detect- the detectives goes. In hindsight, there was a connection, you know what I mean? But, like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? Like, it's right then and there. They all knew him from work, and um, he was pretty much linked to everyone because of his ties to the community.
2: So he, people loved him, essentially. Like, just a classic example of people not, like – not being able to put the pieces together because they see one version of 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 some person it's so weird to think about that because we all do that we all see somebody or interact with somebody in in a kind of superficial way so we see this like one dimension uh but then you know it's crazy that that's the case also like i feel like crack if you if you're if you're smoking crack you're probably pretty organized. I mean,
0: it's like... <laughs> How do you fit Keeping
2: there? Yeah, like keeping shit together, you know, like very <laughs> orderly. That's that. Those two, I, I don't feel are necessarily Have you ever mutually met a crack addict? <laughs> Personally? Yes. I have okay. not. Oh, been a crack okay. Okay. okay, yeah, okay. that makes yeah. more sense. That, okay. that, makes, all right. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: okay, all right, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, so disregard everything you've heard about that. But if I were, <laughs> I think I'd be organized. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was Like all oh, the bugs in my skin. <laughs> now, now, 19, now, um, February nineteenth, nineteen ninety-three. Um, Henry Henry really picked the wrong person this time. He strangled Shauna Hawk at her home after first uh, sexually assaulting her and stealing her car. Now Shauna worked for Taco Bell and Henry was her supervisor. The police found Shauna's car parked um, at her school with an inch of dust on it. And investigators noticed that the car was completely wiped clean, but the seat was pushed back.
0: What an Mm. idiot.
1: Yeah, after dusting it and stuff, they again, they didn't find any fingerprints on the inside, on the outside. But the only thing they knew was that Shauna Hawk was only 5'2", and the person who pushed the seat back clearly was not 5'2". So... Investigators knew they were looking for, like, somewhat of a large dude. Now, Henry would later attend Shauna's funeral, even Grimy. consoling her mom, Dee Sumter. Right. But Dee is probably the baddest fucking person in, in the documentary uh, that they'll talk about because she started a support group called uh, MAMO, or Mothers of Murdered Offspring, and they really fucking put a fire under the Charlotte police's ass. They are like, hey, there are way too many women missing. There are way, way too many women being strangled. We need y'all to fucking like put some actual resources into this and go out there and investigate. Because at the time, even though 1999, excuse me, 1993 and 1994 were some of the worst years in Charlotte. There were only nine investigators wow. in Charlotte.
2: Damn. So so was this guy Everest like so he was a suspect though at that point correct no nope. like he had been inve- he hadn't been nope. investigated at all for any of these
1: not at all he wasn't even wow. on people's radars because the police asked the families who they thought they would let inside of the house because one of the things that really tied them all together besides the strangula- strangulations is all of them had like no sign of force entry you know mm. so clearly they were let in because they were trusted But every single person that the families had, like, said, none of them connected uh, to other people or, like, the leads go dry, basically. So Henry wasn't on anybody's radar at this point in time, even though more than half of these women worked at Taco Bell. Now, in 1993, he would again talk his way into a house of a former co-worker and ex-girlfriend, Audrey Spain. He was so trusted that he even DJed at her birthday party. Now he did attack her. He strangled her by placing a bra and a towel around her neck, and she was found two days later under the covers of her bed. The police did note finally that there is a pattern going on here. There's uh, the two ligatures. You know whether that is a towel or a bra or a t-shirt or a, um, a blanket. And they noticed that none of the, um, none of the women's houses were like broken into, you know? Um, and again, at this time it was only four murders, four suspects, and all of them were cleared and none of them were Henry, Henry Wallace. So again, this guy is completely going off scot-free. He, his defense, uh, is that he's crazy. You know, he says, even says like during his trial that none of these women deserve that. Clearly, none of these women deserved it, but uh, he says the reason why he did it was just his mental illness caused him to murder 11 women. Now, on August 10th, 1993, Henry attacked and strangled another woman named Valencia Jumper. Uh, She was a friend of his sister's, and at the time of the murder, it wasn't considered a homicide because Henry tried to cover up the scene of the crime by setting her apartment on fire. Now, what he did is he placed a pot of beans on top of the stove, turned it on and basically let it, you know, let it uh, smoke up and catch a blaze. He would also put rum around her body as accelerant to try to get, you know, to try to get it to burn. They performed an autopsy after he had admitted to this murder and found that she had no smoke inhalation in her lungs. And that she had ligature marks around her neck. So they didn't even investigate at that time. They just said, like, Oh, she died from, you know, smoke inhalation. You know, that's it. You know, it's not murder or anything. Case closed. Exactly. Case closed. And the fucked up part is, once again, Henry would attend her funeral. Sick. Yeah, he's a sick fuck. And, dude, 1993, 1994, easily the worst years. Anytime I read any article uh, about like this particular time as Charlotte, it was a fucking God awful time to be there. It was like the 1700s for like, you know what I mean? For like natives, it was like completely, completely fucking horrible there. And in September of 1993, he would find his seventh victim. Uh, she was Michelle Stinton. She was a really hardworking single mother. Um, she was going to college at the time. She also worked at Taco Bell
2: so these were all were these all people working at the same restaurant or at different like, I'm just curious if these people all came from like under his direct management. In which case, I'm like, how the fuck did these th- did the police not put this together sooner? Do you know if those were all from the same restaurant or if those were from like different Taco Bells, maybe so in the same region or?
1: They were all from the same restaurant, all from the same wow. East Charlotte restaurant. Yep. What? Every single one of them and this All still went under the police's radar And
0: no one fucking saw that
1: uh, Again it's <laughs> less than dead it goes back to The less than Jesus. dead thing you know like They weren't uh, they weren't putting into a bunch Of resources and at this time uh, Before Michelle Sta- uh, Stanton They didn't even think they were all connected They didn't they didn't Think that they had a serial killer they didn't Think they had a serial killer until the 11th uh, t- excuse me until the 10th victim at I that can just point see time, all. Of the- they were like, "Oh, I guess we got killer. <laughs> <color." laughs> I-
2: I'm just thinking, like, all of these like stupid <laughs> detectives. They're like at Taco Bell. Like, where? Why is there nobody working here? That's strange. <laughs> There's
1: like no. Why is, <laughs> why
2: why is, why is it way- taking so long? To- why is the uh, Why is the manager just smiling at me and uh, and no. giving me free food here? I don't get it. Where is everybody? No what the fuck?
1: Like many victims before, uh, he would also manipulate uh, this person, Michelle. And he brutally attacked her, this time strangling her with a belt and then stabbing her 38 times in front of her oldest son.
0: Oh, yeah. my God. And So, wait, how did this—what happened with the son?
1: Uh, nothing. Nothing. They were too young. Um, she had two sons in the house, and they were too young to give the police any other um, identification besides, this guy hurt my mom.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were like three,
1: three and five
0: terrible. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Now and seeing how active he is, I bet y'all are wondering again, how could this go on without any connections? But the police still only saw these as an individual murder, you know, individual homicides, not really trying to connect um, all of these, even though Michelle Stinton only lived three miles from Caroline Love and Caroline Love lived less than half a mile from Audrey Spain's apartment now I'm
2: sorry I feel like this is just like some fucking I I am not a detective but from everything that I hear it doesn't take like it doesn't take a Columbo to figure this one out like come (laughs) on like there's just so much there's just so much evidence I just feel like nine detectives on the case like come on
1: but you know what I mean well we're only talking about one situation But again, this was two really deadly years in, in Charlotte. So this isn't, this probably isn't the only murder that they're investigating. Uh, because in the, in the documentary, Bad Henry, they show a clip of, uh, of like a woman talking like a, a news reporter saying like, these detectives barely have time to go home and like get rest. You know, they're always getting the call. And, and that's something that we'll see in this because Henry in 1994, Starts his spree at the beginning of the year. It actually begins in February and it'll end in March of 1994. Now, on February 20th, Vanessa Mack, a 25 year old single mother, another single mother, Taco Bell employee, was found by a friend of the family, Barbara Rippey. Uh, Barbara was one of Vanessa's babysitters, and like clockwork, Barbara would arrive at her house at 6 a.m. to pick up the baby because she again knew that she would be working long hours there at Taco Bell. Approaching the house, she noticed the front door was open, and upon entering, she saw that the only thing in the house that was on was the stove light. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about when you walk into a house and it's just completely dead and the only thing on is the stove, and it just like eerily quiet. And it's like
0: real yellow, and it's just like, yeah, yeah, I know you mean.
1: Yeah, so she goes in and she's like, like very confused, calling out for Vanessa, And when she enters the living room, she sees Vanessa's baby sitting on the couch. She has a big old baby grin on her face. You know, she's super happy to see this woman. And in the documentary, it's funny because Barbara says, I remember saying, what the hell are you doing on that couch? Where's your mother? And that's just like such an old like woman thing to say. You know what I mean? It's just so sweet and you can tell they were like really connected. Well, obviously calling out for Vanessa's name and still not getting a response. She's like very curious. She's like, why is this baby sitting on this couch? What's going on? I know Vanessa's going to be late. Barbara enters Vanessa's bedroom and finds Vanessa with two towels wrapped around her neck. First responders responded immediately. They were on the scene in minutes and detectives recount that this is the worst attack yet, saying that the face, Vanessa's face, was super bright red from the ligatures being on so tight around her neck. And, um, one thing that, one thing that detectives did note is that, um, this was caused because he would tighten it really tight, loosen it, and then tighten it again, do it over and over for hours on end. And detectives knew that this fucking dude is like really ramping up, um, and is really, really fucking dangerous. An autopsy did find that though she wasn't, uh, sexually assaulted, um, he did get the sexual gratification from strangling Vanessa. Now at this point, the police started putting shit together. And this is, was another working class black woman strangled with no sign of force entry. Now this time, her purse was clearly rummaged through and they find that an ATM card was missing. Once they saw that that bank card was missing, they um, tracked down the, the company, they went to the ATM, and they find that they have a picture of a dude Now, the picture isn't clear, but they can see that the killer was a black man with a really gold cross earring. But detectives knew that he would strike again, and they wanted to find him before um, he could. But unfortunately, three more women would have to die before that would happen. On March 8th, Betty Jean Bokum and Brandy Henderson were murdered and robbed only hours apart, with Henry stealing Betty's car. Now, a few days after that, he would murder Deborah Slaughter, and like all the other victims, uh, he would, you know, strangle them. Well, March 8th, 1994, Brandy Henderson is on the phone with her cousin when when she heard a knock on her door. It was Henry. He asked Brandy if he could use her phone to call her boyfriend, um, who was at work. However, she mentions that Bernice Woods, her boyfriend, is currently working. Well, Henry knew that. Boom. Henry fucking knew that. Henry knew that she was working uh, and she knew that she would be home alone. He just wanted to get inside the house. As soon as he got inside the house to use the phone and she hung up her call after talking to her her cousin, he attacked her. He assaulted her while while she was holding her baby. He then strangled her, tried to strangle her son, but her son would end up surviving the attack. He rummaged through the entire apartment Like a crackhead does, and then uh, the police looking for those CDs. (laughs) (laughs) Now the the police uh, pinned this as his decline because he stopped being that methodical killer. You know what I mean? He started becoming more reckless. But if you ask me, killing people is pretty (laughs) reckless. Uh, He would completely trash the scene because before you know it would seem like nothing happened. You know, like you would just find these women, everything else would be wiped clean. You wouldn't find a hair or a fingerprint everywhere. Now he is just completely destroying these women's apartments, looking for anything that is of value so he can pawn it and, you know, again, fund his crack addiction. Now the police did question her boyfriend, asking him who he thought she would let in the house. And he named three people, Elijah Raul, George Burrell, and Henry Wallace. Finally, Henry was named as a person of interest in one of these strangulations. Now, during their research, they would find a picture of Henry, and the first thing that one of the detectives, Detective Stansberry's notice, was a gold earring dangling off of his ear. A gold cross earring. So, boom, he was like, okay, we got our guy who's using the, the ATM card. All they had to do... Was fined Henry Wallace. Little did they know this would be extremely hard. <laughs> the police were also tipped off after they put out an APB for Betty's car, and they found it in a shopping center across the street from where she was, from where the murder had taken place. The police assumed automatically that the, that the car had been wiped clean. Following the procedure, they dusted the prints inside and out, and it turns out Henry stop being as as methodical and as clean as he thought he was going to be. And they found a fucking palm print on the back of the car, which matched Henry Lewis Wallace.
2: Oh, Henry must've not smoked any crack that day. Just all of his organizational (laughs) skills (laughs) just fell right through. If only he had smoked crack that day.
1: (laughs) Oh, I need to organize. Let me smoke this crack real quick. Damn it. if I had just smoked that crack, I would have
2: remembered to clean off my palm prints. But now look at me. I'm just a big fool.
1: Now, the police were super confident at that point that they had their guy. And um, now they finally said, we have a fucking serial killer on our hands. So the police scramble to find Henry. They continue to dig a lot of information, uh, as much information as they absolutely can on Henry. And uh, one thing that they find is, Is that he doesn't have an actual address on file. He doesn't have a place where he lives. You know, he basically couch surfs from place to place, living with friends, families, girlfriends, shit like that. And um, so it was it was really, really hard to pin him down. Well, when they convene um, to, like, really discuss how they're going to, like, track down Henry Louis Wallace, 30 minutes into the into the meeting, they get a call that another woman had been murdered. This time uh, it was Deborah Slaughter. Um, somehow he managed, even though the police had like beefed up the um, policing around the apartment complex where those other two murders had happened. He was still able to sneak in and kill another person in that apartment complex.
0: He killed three people in the same apartment, in the complex.
1: same fucking apartment complex. Yes.
0: God. Yeah, I tell you what. Mighty fine you need police a, work there, you need, a, you need a job at the Charlotte Police Department. Don't worry. You'll <laughs> get one. I'll hire anybody.
1: Clearly not hiring any crackheads.
0: <laughs> there, yeah. Uh, these people are unorganized.
1: Yeah. So, un, so, <laughs> un, so unorganized.
0: Unmethodical.
1: Un- <laughs> now, Deborah Slaughter was a coworker of his girlfriend's, uh, and she was also found with a towel wrapped around her neck. This time, she had 38 stab wounds to her stomach and to her chest. This was on March 12th. And on March 13th, 1994, Henry Lewis Wallace was discovered by detectives a half a mile away from Deborah Slaughter's apartment, hiding in a fucking bathroom. Now, by this time.
2: I thought you were going uh, to say, like, he was found camping outside of the police headquarters with a sign <laughs> that said, I did it. I did it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And they still, they still let him go. They still couldn't figure it out.
1: Now, the police at this time, they really only thought that he was uh, involved in a handful of these cases, but they really didn't realize the depth of Henry's crimes. Uh, now in custody, the police say that he was like really arrogant and he stunk so fucking bad because he didn't change his clothes in like a couple days.
0: Must have been smoking crack. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Listen.
2: Listen, uh, Detective, I'm a Taco Bell manager, so um, I know my rights. All
1: right? <laughs> now, the police interrogated Henry, and uh, when they asked him about the women, almost immediately, he admitted to knowing all of the victims. Like, one by one, they were asking him how he knew them. Boom, just started nailing them off. And uh, the thing is, the name of the last victim, Deborah Slaughter, had yet to be released by investigators to the public. So when they were like, did you know Deborah Slaughter? Henry was like, I used to know her. And they were like, oh, we fucking got you, you idiot. (laughs) You stupid. Used to know her. We didn't even let anybody know that she was dead. So uh, Henry was cornered. He refused to talk from there until the missing persons detective, Detective Rice, came in the room. Looking up at Detective Rice, Henry said, Tony, I fucked up. The detective asked, are you, are you a Christian? And he said, I, I would like to think I'm a Christian. So they began to pray. And essentially the prayer was, let's leave God out of this room. You know, let's, when we talk about this, God's grace has left you, you know, all the shit that you've done is so fucking horrible, you know, that, that we're going to leave him out of this room. And we're just going to talk about the nitty gritty. Well, Henry was too much of a coward to speak the names of his victims. So instead, he wrote down 10 names. And the police were like, holy fuck, you killed 10 women? And he was like, actually, I killed 11.
2: Then he started Then he started listening, playing that song, and singing that, uh,
1: now you're just somebody that I used to
2: know. <laughs> so he started singing that. Oh, stop, Devin. <laughs>
1: Oh, now, Henry Wallace, uh, he would he would show he would lead (laughs) law enforcement to where he had uh, put the remains of Caroline Love. So that uh, mystery instantly became solved, even though her remains were skeletal by the time they found him. And then he would later uh, admit to killing um, high school senior Tashonda Bethia. Uh, But Wallace was only tried for nine murders uh, in 1996. Convicted and sentenced to death on January 29th, 1997, and he is currently sitting on death row at Central Prison. Wow. Fucking scumbag. The dude was a major Jesus. scumbag.
2: What a, fucking lo- what a fucking loser. <laughs> like, I just feel that, like... Man, if you're going to if you're going to kill 10 people and not even get like a fucking Dateline or 2020 or like you're going to just this. This guy has still remained in the most obscure kind of recesses of celer, serial killer then. So why just do you what think that utter... is?
1: Why, why do you think that is? Because, Devin, I know you listen to true crime podcast. I listen to true crime podcast. This is the first time we're hearing about the Taco Bell Strangler. Why, why do you think that is? Because I, I have a theory.
2: Well, I think it's a lot of what you had to say, um, what what you were saying earlier. I think that most of these victims were black and most of like the priority of the police department was probably not centered right away on that, which makes it so much worse for these detectives to sit down with this guy and learn that they had 10 murders to catch up on with. I mean, that that shit, I think, is just like being is sort of just like must be the worst possible feeling you could have as a detective knowing that you fucked up your job so badly that you allowed one person to end 10 lives.
1: And, you know, I think that it goes back to um, the way that. This is going to sound like this is going to sound like weird and fucked up a little, but like the way that white women fetishize uh, true crime, you know what I mean? Like you have. People who think that Ted Bundy's sexy, or people who think that Jeffrey Dahmer is sexy, and all these fucking weird serial killers. But then you have a black guy who's a serial killer that you never hear about because he's not sexy. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I, I do think that is because he, he he's black. You know, I think the reason why we don't hear about Henry Louis Wallace or have a bunch of books and documentaries about Henry Henry Louis Wallace is because he's black and because his victims were all black too. You know, so I I, we definitely hit it on the same on that same there. And I I really think that that these women, these women's stories need to be put out. You know, if you can watch that Bad Henry documentary, they talk a lot about the victims and the victim advocacy um, that Dee Sumter had done. You know, check out her website. They they do some really great stuff. Even to this day, they're still operating and um, um, putting out victim stories, you know, so you can learn about them. And, and as opposed to seeing, you know, the, the serial killer's face, which was a great call, Jordan, not putting him as our cover art, because we don't want to see his face, you know, mm. not only because of the really bad connotations that that, that has. But because it's more about the victims and about what they had gone through, and and really lifting up their story as opposed to talking about some fucking dirtbag who was a crack addict.
2: Yeah. Well, let's talk some let's talk some Bell Nation deep state conspiracy here, because I think it's an insane that this uh, that this is not something that's more regularly talked about. Do you think there is a conscious effort on Taco Bell's part? To kind of downplay this, to kind of redirect people away from the moniker of the Taco Bell Strangler.
1: Oh yeah, they also call him the the Charlotte Strangler. It just didn't stick as good as the Taco Bell Strangler, <laughs> and I, I think that probably Big Bell had a had a um, a hand in rebrand trying to rebrand him from the Taco Bell Strangler. But I mean, like, I don't know, like he the Unabomber is called the Unabomber because of his places, universities and airports. You know what I mean? Like he's called the Taco Bell Strangler because. Unfortunately, he killed a shit ton of Taco Bell employees and he also worked at Taco Bell. You know, you kind of got to kind of got to own it at this point, you know.
2: So, yeah. So do you we, think do you think they're doing that?
1: Fuck no. <laughs> fuck <laughs> no. No. And I mean, I think it goes back to our, our point on the um, Craven's box episode about the paralyzed, the woman who may have gone paralyzed from eating Taco Bell. <laughs> they're just they don't want any type of bad publicity. You know what I mean? Yeah, they yeah. They they want to put themselves far away from it, and if that means stamping down the stories of a couple black women, I think Taco Bell's willing to do it.
0: So, um, we actually allegedly we it's so crazy because we 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 actually give a little bit more insight um, to uh, I guess this person a little bit. For sure, can, for sure. Can you can you share Nick some of the stories that we got earlier oh. this week? Oh yes, okay. So, so this is so it's It's so serendipitous, and I hate to maybe even use that word, but I just like the way what are I the love chances? that you use that word
1: <laughs> so so we have a uh, a coworker uh, her name is Sam, and she is in Charlotte yeah and um uh when I saw her, I was like, hey, we're doing uh an episode about the the um, taco Bell strangler and she was like, Holy shit, my family knows the taco Bell strangler <laughs> and I'm, like, That's insane. I'm like what' That your family knows the Taco Bell strangler. She's like, yeah, he babysat my brother and helped helped install a washer and dryer in my grandparents' house, electrocuted himself and fucking shot himself across the room. <laughs> I was like, oh, Damn. so you could have stopped the killings right then and there.
2: <laughs> You're, they, that, that makes him sound like a burglar from Home Alone.
1: Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> sounds scene. like some. Or, or
2: yeah, I mean, my gosh, that is that is insane.
1: But this should just tell you this guy isn't a fucking mastermind. Right, right. You know, this is this just is all the lack of the Charlotte police, like, investigative team. You know what I and, mean?
0: And I think that's the main reason why this this doesn't have some of the news it does. Because any literally any person hearing this is going to think that the Charlotte Police Department is comprised completely of absolute morons. And yeah. V- that's really bad. And a, for <laughs> a lot of reasons. Number one, for the obvious inability to do their job properly. Yep. Also the lack of trust that it puts in the people and in the community, right? Oh, yeah. That fear that could, could like circulate and go crazy. Um and then possibly maybe motivate people to do things that they wouldn't do because they think that, you know, they might get away with it, right? Yeah. So that's pr- I think I think this is that's like the main thing is that these people this is that that piece of the story here. And that these detectives couldn't do their job well enough. And I'm not saying it's easy, because I'm sure it's fucking hard catching people doing these kind of crimes. You need real For evidence sure. and I get that, you know? But I mean, man, um some of this shit is pretty obvious. And it and hindsight's I, twenty I, twenty. I get that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But it's it making them look bad doesn't unless we can completely like start over and get a whole new staff. It doesn't do. I mean, with too nine people, that, yeah. that doesn't seem like it'd be that hard. <laughs> I, I, I agree with
2: I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, if you can figure out a way to bust somebody and arrest somebody for stealing CDs, but can't figure out a way to book that same person for ten murders, <laughs> something's got to give.
1: For yeah. sure. No. Absolutely. And uh, again, I think that just goes back to the the larger conversation of. Systemic racism isn't good for anybody. You know, it's not good for for the working class. It's not good for the police because it makes them look like fucking idiots. You know, um so put some more time, put some more effort into, into those people um in into those missing women and show up for work because your manager will report you if you're missing. And that's that's the real that's the real story here. Thanks. Show up to work. <laughs> so that, that actually makes me yet.
2: that actually makes me curious. When he was a manager, if somebody that he murdered didn't show up for work the next day, uh, was he the one to
0: report them I, missing?
1: I, I I don't know. Damn, but but I'm would not, he
0: or should he? Depending on like his. I bet his, he
1: would have because he's a fucking idiot and, and he, he was, literally he twi- went with he was that sick woman. And twisted. Yeah, exactly. He literally went with that woman to report one of his own victims. So I, it would not surprise me that this dummy would fucking call up a family member and say, hey, where'd Shawna Hawk go? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That seems like some sick bullshit he would do. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: probably also ask for money for crack.
0: Got to Got to have a crack. Um, well wrapping up here i think um i would like to do a craven's box with sam so that we can do an interview and have her share some more that way uh, and if you're on the patreon you'll be able to get access to that but uh, nick can you bring us home
1: yeah well hey thank you for listening to today to today's show uh, this month again this is our annual creepy gordita bunch series and um i do want to say we did receive an email from friend of the show tw warren that stinky old wizard T.W. Warren um, saying that he has some unreleased manuscripts from Glenn Bell's biopic that he wants to share with us. So uh, I'm really excited to dig into that next episode. So please stay tuned. If you love what we do, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Patreon, Twitter. And of course, you know, like Jordy always says, leave us a review.
0: There it is. So I'm signing off. Follow your boy at your boy112 Y A B O I 112. Holla at me. And oh, and don't forget Deaky, of course. DKEY by DKEY. That's the guy, believe that. That's a bar. And you'll hear many more of those if you tune into him. Um, so, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening, Devin. Yeah, thanks for sticking
2: it through this. Uh, this kind of a different episode, I think. It's really nice to take a break from the comedy and you know really <laughs> talk about something something important today. So thanks for taking that journey with us. This is uh, DJ Dildil, Devin P. Hanley signing <laughs> off. Follow me on Instagram, Devin P. Hanley. Like my photos, like my like my my uh, like just like everything that I, I do.
0: <laughs> like me, like me, like
2: Devin, like me. Follow
1: yep. Me. Well, a hey, Bell Nation. Stay by how blessed. Holland.
0: I want the creepy gummy hater bunch.
2: <laughs> I want the creepy gummy bunch. Welcome to the show.